team roping has continued to thrive even during those times. And maybe the theory is that people don't want to give up their hobbies. They still want to enjoy their life, even though they're facing other problems. So they may, you know, cut back in some areas or not enter as much, but they still do participate. And I think one of the reasons these qualifiers have done so well, particularly Heartland, is if you do win, it is significant winnings. This is season three of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's regular podcast, where the team roping world talks. We've told the stories of some of the greatest cowboys, horses, and moments in the sport, and we're so far from done. In 2020, we'll bring you more of what you've come to expect, like interviews with the best cowboys and cowgirls we know, and we'll dive even deeper into subjects you care about. Look for more audio editions of the Team Roping Journal stories you might have missed in print, and learn about the great horses shaping the sport and great challenges facing our industry. All this and more in 2020. I'm Chelsea Schaefer. Connie Gentry is the matriarch of the sport of team roping, and in 2020, her business savvy paired with recreational ropers' passions for their hobby has helped keep the industry afloat in spite of a pandemic. After 30 years in the industry, Gentry implemented the association's practice pen qualifiers, which ultimately added $800,000 to the jackpot in Las Vegas and qualified some 200 teams to the finale, many of them who had never been there before. On this episode of The Score, I talked to Connie as she and her team come out of the challenging 2020 season and prepare for the Ariat World Series of Team Roping finale in Las Vegas at the South Point Hotel and Casino. She and her family, including husband Denny, Daughters Lacey and Audra and son Lucas work tirelessly for Team Ropers, and it's rare to sneak in this kind of time with any of them. I am so excited Connie's on the podcast today, and I hope you all enjoy it. Recreational Ropers, this one is absolutely essential for you guys getting ready to go to the finale. This episode of The Score today is brought to you by our friends at Fastback Ropes. Guys, they have been the best partners for us over the years, they support the team roping industry. They are sponsors of the Ariat World Series of Team Roping, and today they are bringing you this episode. You'll learn more about them at the commercial break. So, what was your professional background before you came to team roping? Yeah, I think it's been covered a lot over the years, but um, so. We've been doing this a really long time, but prior to that, um, I did work in a corporate environment for big defense avionics companies and in an HR capacity. So yeah, that that was a long time ago, but we started the team roping business in 1988, and uh, I actually didn't come on full time until 1992, although... in other words, I didn't quit my job until 1992, but fortunately, I had a great career and we were able to use that to build the business. People think it was overnight success, but it really wasn't. So it took us about five years to turn a profit at all. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, so that, that was a fortunate thing, but um, yeah, so we've been doing it a long time now. Sure. Now, I want to fast forward to March of 2020. I remember when Denny and I first talked about it, he was like, wow, I don't, in 30 years, I don't really have a template for what's about to happen. Like he's, you know, had seen nearly everything else happen in the sport of team roping, but like so many other people, um, he had said he didn't have a a real game plan going into the start of the COVID-19 crisis. Can you talk about 
what was going in, on inside the World Series office and, and how you guys came to realize it was going to be something completely different? Well, you know, obviously that all happened very quickly, you know, with the government shutdowns and the mandates, um, you know, instantly events were canceled, offices were shut down. We weren't considered an essential business and we were supposed to close, but fortunately, because, you know, where the office is and some of the employees, I uh, did have to bring in a skeleton crew to answer phones, open mail, because things stepped you know, kept going and uh, we had to answer a lot of questions and we quickly uh, came up with a plan to announce, you know, this event is canceled. This one's, you know, rescheduled. This state will let you rope. This state won't. Uh, so we tried to keep uh, on top of all that and inform all our customers very quickly of what could be done and not be done and worked, you know, closely with the contractors on assuming it wasn't going to be a long term thing so that they could grab venues and get rescheduled and that sort of thing. So yeah, we just jumped in right away and and recognized that we would have to follow mandates obviously, but still keep keep the business together. So yeah. Now, I think maybe a week or two in I, there there were some team ropers sitting around the house cuz we were all quarantined together and Denny called out of nowhere. It was like late one evening and was telling me about his PPQ idea and the guys were kind of listening like what and I was like Denny come on I don't know like I don't know if we're gonna get team rovers to figure out how to use Facebook live you know measure their barrel distance everything that went into it now he made me look foolish and I will say that I ate crow from that conversation how did you guys brainstorm how that was gonna work and how much effort did that take from your team well, you know, you have to be somewhat visionary and every problem presents an opportunity, obviously. So you have to kind of think outside the box. We were fortunate that we'd had a lot of years experience with the challenge program, which is that the ropers compete against a part time and not each other. So that was already in place. Um, so we just put our heads together and said, OK, how can we do this at home and, you know, make it work? Obviously, you know, everyone would be excited. They get to rope their own practice cattle. They don't have to leave home, you know, but so we had to sit down and come up with the logistics of developing that program. And first thing was to get with our IT guys to see one, could they uh, get an online program put together where people could pay? And then um, secondly, how did we, how could we teach the ropers how to do that? So our group, you know, got together came up with some rules, did some tutorial videos, put that all up on the website. And then we had to say, okay, what will the prize be? And our goal was to continue to get ropers qualified for the finale. And so we said, okay, well, we'll just, if they win, we'll pay the entry fee to the finale. So at first it was a little upside down, you know, uh, the house, yeah. the house was, uh, uh, you know, not not breaking even at first, but as more and more ropers played, you know, it did level out. And so it's been really, really successful. We've qualified over 200 teams, which has added about 800,000 in entry fees to the finale. And it's a program I think that'll be here to stay. We're, we're doing it once a month now, instead of, you know, four days every week, um, which is what we did. We were doing it Thursday through Sunday 
every week and it really did tax our people because ropers were roping anywhere between 7 a.m you know until eight or nine at night we did have to cut it off eventually because there was just you know coast to coast uh, we had to do it based on mountain time but it, it worked out well there's only been a few occasions where the ropers didn't video it correctly but you know people are pretty sophisticated with their smartphones or ipads or whatever and honestly it just you know we were amazed at how um well they've all done there's been a few times where we've said you know we just can't even see your video so yeah. we can't watch it but well and our team has really worked out their system and um so it, they have a lot of fun doing it too <laughs> <laughs> I, I picture your team like sitting up with popcorn <laughs> watching it watching these, these well, especially those busy weekends <laughs> well at first um so we have a team of four that does it and uh you know they get the text message that wrote you know team is ready to go and they may or may not be able to watch it live depending on how many they've got but they try to do it as best they can to watch it live and they at first weren't together they were doing it all separately but then they got where they it was just worked better on those big big days to be together on it and uh so that one, if one couldn't watch a video, another one could or whatever. And then, you know, we had to get a clock so that we could time it. And, and uh, so that worked out, worked out well. That's awesome. Yeah. Great. Now there have been some really unique places that people have done, um, you know, far away. Where have people been doing these PPQs that's more obscure than our usual Texas, Oklahoma crowd? Yeah, well, <laughs> has been coast to coast. We've had ropers from New York, Pennsylvania, all the way to Hawaii, the Dakotas. It's really been all over Canada. The, the great thing about this program is there's always been a frustration with our rule that you had to attend qualifiers to even rope at the finale because we want it to be a true finals, just something you, you know, don't go anywhere and then enter that. So there is that requirement that you have to attend at least one qualifier during the year. Well, this has provided that opportunity because we consider it a qualifier. And so we've got brand new ropers coming to the finale who actually didn't beat the PPQ, but they did mm -hmm. qualified in, in that they attended the qualifier. So they've direct entered. And uh, so that's that's been a great opportunity for them. It kind of took the pressure off. You know, they're off in a remote area. They're working. They can't travel. So that's worked out yeah. really well. Yeah, I'm I'm an East Coast girl, so my heart's to those guys that that needed to use the PPQs back in Pennsylvania and New York. I totally get it, so I'm excited for them to be able to come to the finale and yeah, experience it all. You know, Iowa, Nebraska. We don't have a lot of events in those areas, so it's worked out good. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be awesome for long-term growth, not just the PPQs, but long-term growth of the sport as a whole. It's awesome. Well, we hope to uh, we wanted for quite a while to introduce a seven roping at the finale and mm -hmm. we had such great success when we introduced the eight or the eight and a half and uh, with the baby boomers aging you know the, they're they're slowed down obviously so their numbers get reduced and of course the new ropers coming up who are just learning how to rope there's a lot of opportunity for threes in a seven event so what we're hoping to do and we, ha we haven't worked out the details but we're hoping to use the ppq and add a seven 
and that's how those ropers would get qualified for the finale in the future. Yeah, maybe even some barrel racers like me that have only rope for their husbands when they really need somebody to turn steers in the practice pen. Um, <laughs> will be able to participate in the seven because uh, certainly the eight is even a little daunting for me at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, it, you know, um, we've seen just a huge growth on that lower end. And so to the opportunity rope for, you know, big money and in an environment like at the South Point is, is a dream come true for even beginners. So, yeah. Hey everybody, it's Chelsea, and I want to talk to you a little bit about Fastback Ropes, who are sponsoring our episode today. Their two best sellers are the Cobalt and the Excalibur. They're poly blend core ropes. The Cobalt is a perfect combination of poly and dyed nylon, resulting in a highly durable rope. It's medium in diameter and weight, and will likely appeal to ropers who prefer more tip weight and less body or bounce. Fastback's Excalibur is a nylon poly blend with core construction. It's a bestseller and it's another medium and diameter rope and weight with core construction, it's durable, it's got reduced body and no bounce, and swings consistent in all weather. We're going to do something a little bit different this show. So I told you about the ropes, now I'm going to give you a fastback tip. Today's tip is about breaking in ropes. Surprisingly, a lot of people don't understand or know the importance of it. To break in your new ropes and help them last longer, rope 5 to 10 and then loosely coil back up and let it rest for a day or so. This will give the rope time to recover and draw back up. It helps extend the life of your rope. The rope makers at Fastback Ropes recommend that strategy, so I guess you probably all better stick to it. Again, thank you to Fastback for bringing us this episode, and thank you for the Fastback Tip of the Day. Now, now changing gears a little bit with your producers on the ground who have been able to keep having ropings, what have been some of the challenges that you've had to help them? What have the all of our producers been facing throughout the year? Well, obviously during the shutdown, it was really, really tough for them. And, you know, that was a good three months where, you know, they, they, they couldn't make their living. And some of them, you know, do it part time, but there are many that that's their full, full time occupation. So interestingly, some of them set up practice pins to help with the PPQ, and that helped them a little bit. And and the bigger picture for that is COVID's really affected the Korean cattle market. So for those who own their own cattle, that's really been a struggle for them. But what we did what we did right away is we loosened the thresholds to get qualified, so that um, you know ropers would be encouraged to attend the events with back up and um, extended deadlines and those sort of things, not only to help the roper, but, you know, help the producer too to get participation back. And communication's been a big thing. We've helped them a lot with texting, advertising, and that sort of thing. But events been up 15 to 20% since the states opened up. We've worked really hard to help with rescheduling and and moving venues around here and there, just get everybody back in. And um, so it has been a tough, tough year for them as all businesses. So the ropers have come out, you know, ready, ready to go back at it. So it's, that's been a good thing. 
Yeah, the heartlands have been huge, regardless of the pandemic. What do you think it says about the state of the association and of Team Ropers in how much participating and showing up at our events? Well, what's really interesting, having, you know, some perspective over the last 30 years, even during recession years and downturns in the economy, team roping has continued to thrive even during those times. And maybe the theory is that people don't want to give up their hobbies. They still want to enjoy their life, even though they're facing other problems. So they may, you know, cut back in some areas or not enter as much, but they still do participate. And I think one of the reasons these qualifiers have done so well, particularly Heartland, is if you do win, it is significant winnings. There's enough participation that you can win some big time money. So they're probably picking and choosing where they're going a little bit, but it may be that these qualifiers with Heartlands attached to them, you know, just provide a bigger opportunity for a lot of cash if you win it. So that probably is one of the reasons why those have continued to do really well. Yeah, it's just been awesome to see the numbers that are coming in from those. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, you have managed to carve out 30 minutes to talk to me this morning, which I am so grateful for because you were in the middle of, is it the craziest time of the year preparing for the finale? Is that, is this like the crunch time? Well, it's definitely a year-long process. The last quarter of the year is always a struggle because we also have the U.S. finals that we um, have to manage. And the finale does ramp up a lot in the last quarter. There's a lot of last-minute stuff. And, of course, we've tried to provide a concierge-type service for the finale, which means we get stalls, hotels, and and do all that for our customers and and then, of course, we have a large staff, you know, over 150 people work that event. So coordinating all of that, the travel and all their accommodations. And so we've got 14 people in the office now because not only, you know, do we work year round on the finale, we support, you know, over 130 World Series events and and a little less than that on the U.S. side. So. You know, it's it's a big effort and uh, things just ramp up now. You, people finally get their entry fee money in. And, you know, we've always had the timeout uh, concept to get ropers to take care of their business when they get qualified. But most people who direct in are wait until the last minute. So we do have a big influx at the very, very end. So and it's been, you know, the phones have been unusually busy now. Um, just because there's so many rumors, you know, are the, is the finale, you know, canceling, is it moving? What we've tried to communicate to ropers, we had a big influx of uh, questions, rumors when the NFR made their announcement that they were moving to Dallas and then the PBR announcement. And so it created, you know, this speculation that, oh, we were going to have to move out of Vegas as well. But the big difference for us is we're not a spectator event. You know, we're contestant driven and they, they can't function unless they fill their stands. That's how they pay their prize money is with their gate. And that's not the case with us. So just communicating that to the roper that says, listen, you know, we've worked hand in hand with South Point. They've assured us over and over that, you know, if you're on horseback, you don't have to wear a mask. You know, there's no problem whatsoever with the numbers that we have with stalling and hotels and all those kinds of things. And Vegas is no different than anywhere else. Each month, you know, as their numbers go down, they're opening more and more. So 
one of the things that we can look forward to though is the south point is is making every attempt to make it enjoyable for the roper they're going to live stream the nfr in a lot of different areas they do have to have, you know they have a little bit of a restriction on how many people can be in a room and that sort of thing but there it's a big place and so they'll have a lot of opportunity for that it'll be piped into the rooms and then we've worked out with ride pass they're going to stream our event online but they're also going to allow us to stream it into the rooms so you know we think it it'll feel pretty normal uh, hopefully so <laughs> and we still have you know a lot a lot of teams entered so it's gonna it's gonna be a great event what are some questions that you're receiving other than i guess whether or not it's happening what are some other things people seem to be concerned about well really that's it i mean they know mm -hmm. Know, they're excited to be there and rope. They all know what those expectations are. So that's mm -hmm. been the primary question. It hasn't really been, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have to wear a mask. Everybody knows what those mandates are and are used to them. But that has been really the question. We've had a few questions about the trade show moving. Mm -hmm. And the reason South Point canceled their trade show is because they knew those they they knew in advance that the NFR was moving and they know that those vendors rely on that NFR traffic and so they still are going to have stuff around the mezzanine they're just not going to have that big room with the vendors so there's still going to be plenty of shopping and opportunity for ropers to get some Christmas stuff with one our sponsors products and then the other vendors that'll be up around the concourse of the arena so and then we also have a great opportunity they built a brand new covered arena outside and um, you know we'll do some challenges different things out there we haven't figured out just yet what we're going to do so but there'll be all kinds of rop, uh, roping opportunities for sure so yeah is there still going to be the matthews land and cattle stuff or the is there still going to be the extra jackpots that are going on uh so definitely yeah, Matthews Land Cattle still have their two arenas set up. Um, that's been hugely successful, and um, they're they're on tap. And so there will really be no reason for anybody to leave the South Point. There'll be lots of roping to do, and and uh, the hotel plans on streaming stuff in the rooms. And of course, there's always gambling and eating and all. Those. <laughs> their their bowling alley will be open. Their movie theaters are open. So. Yeah, it'll still be good. Now this year in Vegas, what are you going, what takes most of your time in Vegas? I know you're always running everywhere, but what do you spend the majority of your time doing? Well, it's just making sure that everything's running the way it needs to run, you know, between, you know, the st stall effort, you know, we'll, we'll sell over 3000 stalls and there's so many employees just making sure they're all doing what they're supposed to be doing. Making sure that uh, the roping is paid correctly and <laughs> the numbers are right, all those sorts of things, and coordinating with the facility. You know, there's always issues that come up facility-wise. Hopefully, people don't see them, but just making sure you know that the event runs smoothly. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 30 years into your team roping career, what do you see as like? as the growth opportunity going forward. Do you see any room? I mean, it's it's already so huge. Uh, what do you want for the rest of the team roping industry? Well, the, the great thing 
you know, one of the most enjoyable things about working with Denny and now with Ty is they, they're both visionaries and can see the big picture and where things need to be adjusted and changed. But for me, one of the things that I think is going to be important is to continue to stay on the cutting edge technologically. And mm -hmm. we're working now to um, enhance online services where ropers can pay online for different things. They can see, you know, their own activity. Um, we're working on a lot of different apps and um, just just to keep that, uh, you know, on the cutting edge and, and be the leader in that. We introduced that um, event management software in the last year and boy, we're getting just all kinds of out, outline producers, little small arenas all jumping in and it just provides more opportunity for the ropers to, you know, see what's going on. And so I think, you know, high quality events obviously is always uh, the best opportunity for ropers to win lots of money. So we just keep trying to provide that kind of service. And uh, you mentioned working with Denny and now Ty. Um, they're two very different guys, both very visionary, um, both great guys. What has that transition been like and what can you tell us about working with Ty? Well, with Denny, you know, fortunately he was pretty, you know, all the operational piece, he's, he was pretty hands off and let, let me run that show and it always worked really well. We communicated well and changed and did things where we needed to. So it obviously was going to be a new thing um, with Ty. I've known Ty forever, but I've never worked with him. So I didn't have any idea what his expectations were going to be. But, you know, honestly, he's he's the same in that he has a trust in, in what we've done here. We have a very professional group of people, well-trained. A lot of them have been with us for a long time. And so he, you know, he came through and, and went, you know, we went station by station, explained what everybody did and how how the operation runs. And and uh, so he seems to be good with it. We, you know, the good thing is we talk a lot. Communication is real important and we're all on the phone with each other all the time. So it's been a smooth transition. That's awesome. I think team ropers appreciate it. And it sure seems like people have had um a lot of faith in Ty over the years before he was with us. So it, it's great that he's on our team now and, and part of the whole operation. Yeah, well, he's definitely demonstrated his success for sure. So he was, you know, the most likely in line, you know, so it's worked out well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Connie, thank you so much for your time. I don't want to keep you because you know it's your it's your busy time of year as everything every time of year seems to be your busy time of year. So no. Glad to do it. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you again to the team at Fastback Ropes for sponsoring this episode. Terry and Coy, they are our greatest supporters. We so appreciate them. Thank you very much for your time, guys.